0: For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to Bluenile.com. That's Bluenile.com. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas.
2: This is a crowd podcast. Hello, Deck. Hello, George. How the devil are you? I am really, really good. Yeah. I um, thought Had a great weekend. Yeah. No, we we're, were flying Monday mm. morning out the traps. Um, do you know what, what? people are? Ta- people are tapping me on the shoulder, left, right, and centre, saying, "Did you meet Kano last week? Did you did you do an interview with Kano last week?" He goes, "I saw it. I started listening to it. What was it?" I was like, "I've been doing a podcast with Deck <laughs> for like." 18 months. <laughs> You're in the boxing gym with me every week. How come this took Kano to yeah. bring it to your attention? Yeah. So I'm hope I-, I mean, I can only imagine we're going to get, you know, hardcore growth over this, uh, this episode <laughs> because I think the boxing fans and the Kano fans, they're one and the same. Yeah. And the ones that we haven't picked up yet... Kano's brought them in for us surely we got them now I, my
1: Instagram I've been smoking out the people who obviously pay no attention to me on my personal Instagram because <laughs> that anything with Kano one, people are like wow what's this I'm like I literally post about this podcast every week multiple <laughs> times you don't see any of it as soon as Kano pops up then you're finally excited about it um, but yeah George that was that was fun wasn't it
2: Friday was a good was a big day big day big big day um, it's put pressure on in it who, yeah, like- it fucking has <laughs> We, I mean, we got we got we got one in the in the in the locker for a seeing stars episode. It's a really really good episode, but we've set the gauntlet out now. We need some more mega mega stars. Uh, mm. But we're working on it. We're getting there.
1: We're working on it because yeah, that's Mike Skinner and Kano within the first month of the year, which is some Kinda some going. it really. Yeah, maybe we should shut up shop now. No, we no. shall not. Um, speaking of um, people tapping on the shoulder, George, I was. Um, on a road called Chatsworth Road, which is where near where I live, just having a coffee with my son earlier in the sun, reading the paper.
2: What does what, what what coffee does he drink? Is he yeah, he was
1: he was on the baby chino, baby obviously because yeah. you get because you get free marshmallows.
2: Yes. Um, anyway, I'm sitting
1: there minding my business. A big like Range Rover or something like parks in front of me and goes deck, and I'm like, who's that? Look over, like a, a, a guy in there. I can't really see because he's sort of. He goes, Johnny Jackson, right? And just for those that don't know Johnny Jackson, is Johnny Jackson is the Wimbledon manager as of now. He used to play for Tottenham. He used to play for Swindon. I used to sing his name. He's a long-time Charlton guy. Anyways, Wimbledon manager. He went, give me a shout-out on the pod, would you? <laughs> <laughs> and I'm thinking, fucking hell, I used to sing about this guy. Now he's listening to the pod. No doubt brought in by Kano. But Johnny, if you're listening, which I bloody well hope you are, there's your shout-out. And... uh yeah, hope Wimbledon, I don't even know what Wimbledon is saying these this, these days. Better than Swindon though, sadly.
2: Any, uh, any relation to
1: Julian? No, no relation to Julian. Although Julian's son is called John Jackson, isn't it? That's who uh, Andy Lee knocked out.
2: Not the same guy, uh,
1: no. Not, not the same guy, sadly. But Johnny Jackson once, I remember from the terraces, someone shouted, go on Jackie Johnson. So I always think his name's Jackie Johnson, not Johnny Jackson. But um, yeah, Johnny Jackson, what, what, a, what a shout out that was. But um, yeah, I'm sure he's listened to the Kano one. If he hasn't yet, go and bloody listen to it. Um mm-hmm. And go. Everyone else, if you haven't listened to it, yet yeah, go and download it because you might think, "Okay, no, what's he, what's he going to talk about?" He's a big boxing fan, mm-hmm. and the funniest thing, George, is one of the comments. I think it was on Twitter. I can't be asked to go and find out the name, to be honest. But he said, "I've been watching Top Boy since the start. I didn't even know he was a rapper." So now, <laughs> we- <laughs> so we're doing bits for Kano as well. We're helping out, you know. Exactly. A, yeah,
2: it's, it's a back scratching situation. Imagine how imagine how brilliant that is. You're tuning your favorite boxing podcast. Turns out. <laughs> An actor you've been sort of following, <laughs> turns out he raps. You've got his whole back catalogue to get through it. Yeah,
1: you, could, you get started on it. Or, or you, 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 there's a bloke on the on our podcast. You're like, I didn't even know he was a boxer, um, and that'd be Kano soon. But oh, um, I thought yeah, that'd be that, me. That was part. That was part. Yeah, exactly. That was part of my Sunday, George. Actually, we're going to talk about obviously the main fight. We're going to talk about in a sec. Mm. I stay. I got. I got up for it. There's not that many fights that I get up for these days. As in, got out of bed to watch it. real oh, right, time yeah. Often I wake it in the morning. Wake up in the morning and watch it first thing. But this one I wanted to watch. But it started so late that when it finished, I had a bowl of porridge and I did a half marathon. Just went out and did a half marathon this morning, on Ins- Sunday morning. Inspiration. But so did, just, just while, while we're on it, three other people in the, in the GGBC Shreds group did half marathons on Sunday or this weekend. So I just want to shout them out. One of them was Paul Kelly. One of them was Kelly Parr. And one of them was Aaron Blythe and me. Can't, I mean, that's four four half marathon runners in of uh, this weekend. Do you post their times? Yeah, they fucking uh, Kelly Parr did it proper fast. Um, Smoked yeah. I won't. We've got yeah proper smoke me, but we've got a lot of to get through. Otherwise, I'd go and dig them out. But well done, you lot, and well done everyone else for shredding. Um, one man's career, George, which has been a marathon and not a sprint, has been John Ryder. Yes. But on Saturday night in Phoenix, Arizona at the Footprint Centre I think that's what it's called
2: Footprint he, that's nice Footprint. little tie-in for your Thank marathon you. running well done exactly
1: um, he came unstuck George um, he was stopped by Jaime Mungia, dropped four times mm. stopped in the ninth very weird stoppage He was stopped by the bell. Like, Tony Sims was on the apron. The ref didn't see it. And in the end, the bell just started ringing, even though there was like 90 seconds left of the round or whatever, just to try and get the ref's attention. Either way, John Ryder was out of the fight at that point. Um, Yeah, I mean, the the stats don't lie. Four four times down and then stopped. Good performance from Jaime Munguia, George. What did you make of the whole thing?
2: A good, uh, you know, great performance from Jaime Munguia. Ryder... You're comparing him now and wondering what's left after that Canelo fight, that Canelo performance, you know, where he showed a lot of grit and guts but was 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 beaten pretty badly. Um stock risen for it, you know, just for showing cojones, but um now he does have that target on his back, someone's there, they're looking for him. They they want to do a better job than Canelo's done. And Jaime munguia has got the sort of got the chance to go in with with Ryder. Um, I mean, the thing of Ryder is he, he shapes up so well now, especially out of that southpaw stance. Yeah. He looks like such a strong fighter, you know. Um, he's a much more uh experienced, sort of clever fighter, and he showed that even when he was hurt, you know, the way that he sort of he's still there with the check with the check uh right hooks out of the southpaw stance, he's trying to get cheeky, sort of left uppercuts coming through the middle. So there's that element of danger to him, but um Munguia was just um too accurate at the start with with punch power. So he sort of And I I think I've seen it a few times before with Munghear, but he was putting shots together, like it wasn't just single shots, he was playing threes, fours, five punch combinations. Um and then Orthodox feet southport, he was very lethal, especially with the straight shots. And they looked like they was having that sort of disorientating effect for rider, you know uh, I don't think you can ever sort of switch his lights out but you can see where he's, you know and it's not even like his legs are gone as in that his legs are just KO'd and switched off it's more that he's just getting um, caught and the shots are having that effect where his brain he looks scrambled I mean, my gear was good really mm. good um, and it's like I mean, you, you'll know a lot more about him deck than I will in terms of, I reckon you followed his career a little bit more diligently than I have, you know. But mm. a win against Liam Smith six years ago now, I think it was. So he would have only been 21 at the time. And <laughs> Liam Smith, I mean, that might have been one of the the better versions of himself. I know he sort of came into his own lately at middleweight, but always been a, a good fighter. I've Been there with, the, with really good opposition. Um, but yeah, he had a win out of six years ago. But 42 and 0... Former world champion at middleweight. Was middleweight or light middleweight? or light both? middle. Light middle. Now, I'm not sure
1: he won. A world. Yeah, I think it's always been Golovkin while he's been there at middle. He's 43-0 and 0 now with 34 knockouts. That's some record, isn't
2: it? That's some record. And pro, he's, only,
1: he's only 27.
2: 27. Been pro a 10 years now. So I think yeah. he's turned over at 17. Um, he's racked up the wins, but he's been in good company for a long time. You know, yeah. people are waiting for him to pull the trigger, but... I saw Oscar De La Hoya ringside, very animated. No doubt he's trying to pick a man to try and get, unpick Cinnamon Alvarez, and he thinks he's found one. Yeah. Jo- John Ryder, you know, it's it's there's two there's two two sides of the coin that you know you're like he's fought his whole life to get himself into big money fights, and ultimately, if you look at him as a prize fighter, you're like, well he is now achieving that goal. You know, he's in big fights. Yeah, sure, they're they're hard and he has to work hard for it, but hopefully he's getting paid handsomely for it. The other side of it is, you're like, man, John's a really good fighter. He's now almost got zero chance of winning a world title, you know, where, you know, I'm sure that would have been his dream for, for so long. If he is now just an opponent a away guys someone to be knocked over and knocked out and and hurt how long do we want to see him continuing the sport so six one half does the other you know mm. sometimes you get promoters talking about taking you on the journey and the passion and this and that and then and then when it suits them but then you know a promoter a manager or whoever will be saying well yeah but I can't deny him him earning his money I'll stick him in a hard fight it's, but he's gonna get paid for it but you know that' on paper looked like a really hard fight for John Ryder and in and in turn in Peru, it it was
1: Mongiev's like i said 40 what 43 and 0 um so he's been going a long time but for me that was the best i've seen him that mm. was the first time he's really boxed a fully fledged super middleweight as well he boxed a few at super middle but people like Derya Venchenko was he's really a middleweight and he'd also gone up um and it was so composed and mature and patient performance. Everyone just thought, you know, he's just a sort of volume puncher, just going to swarm him and he's a bit reckless, but he was really composed and patient, um, boxed really well. That's the first time ever that John Ryder's lost back-to-back fights as well in his career, by the way. I think he's had 39 fights now. Um, And that just shows his testament to the level that he's at now. It's Canelo into Manguia. And Manguia's really, really good based on that. Um, But you're right about what you say about Ryder now because he's got to the bit of his career where he makes some serious money and he. I spoke to him last week he did the column for the Boxing News and he bought a house he's bought a house out in the country with the Canelo money um, and he set up his family you know he's he's altered the course of his family's life forever as a result of his fight fighting and there's not that many pros really that do that in reality and he's done it um, obviously at the expense of then going into really hard fights like the Canelo fight which was a, a real hard night but one that he got pre- credit for and then this one where he's been dropped four times and stopped the only other time he had been stopped was at middleweight by nick blackwell i think which is a weight-trained version of him mm. um and yeah, was, was that
2: was that on cuts or am i making that up no i think
1: he got buzzed i remember he was sort of buzzed he was winning the fight as well and then yeah I, I think he talked to us when he came on the pod the first time he talked to us about that fight and it was just the weight was wrong and he shouldn't have been at middleweight of those days but this is one of those where yeah if he's got designs of winning a world title, he has to beat Hyman McGeer. It's as simple as that, and he obviously hasn't. Yeah. Um, but, in, but in saying that, McGear looks really, really good. Um, is he the goods? We're not sure. I think we'll find out in the next few fights. Um, what, what's your advice to John Ryder now? Because like we say, that's two defeats in a row. He knew when he came in after the Canelo fight, he said he's got one or two. He wants big fights and he wants Mungia, He wants Caleb Plant. He wants people like this. Reality is he might not get another big fight like that now. But what a word he used when I spoke to him last week was gatekeeper. He was like, do I want to be a gatekeeper? He was like, what am I in it for at this point? But I got a message from someone today saying... You know what about someone like Diego Pacheco for for John Ryder, who's also on the zone, and that's a proper gatekeeper fight. Pacheco, someone they have designs on being like a bit of a star at super middle. Um, you know, like give him John Ryder. They say, okay, we'll see what you can do with John Ryder. Yeah, if you if you want to be any good, you're gonna to have to beat John Ryder. That sort of fight. Now, do you think he John should be doing that? Would you be like, okay, yeah, if you can make some money and be be a gatekeeper for a couple of fights, like Glenn Johnson, for instance, who obviously you boxed. Did that, hard as fuck, good, hard to beat. And you know that if you beat him, then you you have got designs on being, you know, like a serious contender. Mm. Do you think John Ryder should do that? What's your advice for him? Or do you think he should go, no, enough's enough, I've, you know, I've had a good career and park it here. Like, what, what are you thinking right now?
2: At this point, he's probably always going to go, I'm not just going to announce my retirement tomorrow. I'll see what the next offer is, Yeah, you know. If he gets another offer with some... Nice bit chunk of change on it, then he will go, Phew, I'm not going to win this fight, or oh, I believe I can, but I'm, it's, it's, the odds are stacked against me. Worse to worse, I get beat again, and there's a nice chunk of change there for us, right? But you know, the money I don't know what he earned Saturday night, but it won't be the Canelo money, so there'll mm. be a drop down. And if there's another drop down, then he might be like, Do you know what? Because you know, then he's got to start thinking, What well, he's got, he's accumulated. A yeah, team, what am I giving for that? An money? expensive yeah. team, you know, like and not just that these guys are charging a fortune, it's just that's what happens. You know, they we wish we had Dan Lawrence on the pod last week. They're out in in the States finishing off camp. You know, that's expensive. That's you've got to pay for that. It becomes that sort of rationale. And I, I remember when I boxed Glenn Johnson, like a year before, he gave Carl Froch murders in the in the yeah. Super Six, you know, Super Six semi-final, sort of. That's why I felt like he was a good name for me. It wasn't like oh it's, he's a name, but he's he's five years past his best. Now last year he gave uh, an elite level fighter a run for his money. After I beat him, I think he had one more fight after that. It might have been in Russia or somewhere. And he does an interview where he rarely does, and he was like, "What am I doing? I'm not out here to get beat by these wallys." Like I would have beat this dude, you know, years ago. He wouldn't have lived with me, and now he's not. So. I think if I'm John, I'm I'm seeing what the next call is. Yeah. See what the next call is. See what it is. Um and if there's if there's a nice bit of dosh there, then I might go, ah fuck it, I'm fit already. You know, I'll going go in with high hands next time. Um, make sure I don't take as many punches. And maybe not going with an absolute, you know, monster puncher on paper. So <laughs> It's yeah, fa- that's fair, yeah, that's yeah, fair. I'm, I mean it was a it was a fucking hard fight, wasn't it? it was it, yeah.
1: he could have had, after fighting Canelo, it could there's there's other guys out there that aren't maybe they're slicker and technically better and aren't as dangerous. He was a dangerous big punching um power Mexican young Exactly, and like
2: on you know it's still sort of I mean, John John's taking that punt, isn't he? Like, is is he all that is he? Is not? he actually
1: any good, yeah. Is
2: he all that is he not? I'll fit I'll figure it out. Why has he got to be the man to figure it out? <laughs> I mean, seriously, seriously. Yeah, like, yeah. there's, you know, there's, there's other dudes out there. You might not, you might not need to get off the floor three times to get stopped on your feet. I remember before the, uh, the romance of it, before the Canelo fight, and then after the Canelo fight, being like, "Walk away now, mate. You know, with this intact. Because if it's not that, then why not just cash in if you can mm. cash in? And something might show up." He might might pull it out of the bag and you know and win the next fight, and then all of a sudden there's a little revamp. But the likelihood is now he's gonna get matched even harder. Each and every time these tough fights can gonna leave a little bit more of himself in the ring. Time's not on his side now. I think he's 35, maybe. 35, maybe 35. yeah. 35, so.
1: 35, 32, and seven is his is his uh, record.
2: So at seven losses, he's not worried about protecting his record as such. The no. difference between 32 and 7 and 32 and 11 but with an extra million dollars in the bank then I know which one I would pick you know Mm. which the 11 (laughs)
1: yeah give me the I was hoping you'd say that give me the dollars I was hoping we were on the same page give me the dollars Yeah. I think that's exactly what I would do George and this to be fair he's had to wait since May of last year for this fight Mm. and that was when he's an active up for it John Ryder I wonder whether it would just be one of those where the offer takes so long that in the end he sort of sort of peters out he might be like yeah i'll see what comes along next and mm. then nothing really comes although there are options there there's you know belanga's boxing Poddy mccory um like i said diego pacheco there's people and eddie hearn i think Ryder's his longest serving boxer he'll get i'm sure he'll get an offer it's just whether it comes close enough for him um for it to make it viable it's the same with like with froch when we had him on the pod and he was just saying He was waiting. He was waiting for the Chavez fight and he was waiting for something to get his teeth into and it just sort of never came. And then in the end, he goes for a run and he's like, I just ain't got it anymore Mm. because he was just waiting too long. So let's see what happens there. Um, Let's quick look back on the fight. Like we say, dropped four times. The first one came in the second round. Not a flash knockdown. He he was hit, but he was up pretty steady and then he's back to the corner, said to Tony Sims, not hurt. Um, The fourth one came right at the end. Sorry, the second knockdown came right at the end of the fourth round and it was like a jab. And then Munguia stepped back and just jabbed him again. It was like a little first and third, like a little amateur move. Um, and it's right at the end of the fourth. Uh, and again, at, at that point, Tony Sims says to him, this is four rounds in. He says, march him down, John, no more backward steps. You've got you got to put a dent on him now, head and body. So even at that point, they're saying, you've got to go for a knockout here. Mm. Um, and for me, that was alarm bells because you think you if you're marching this guy down, he's just going to, take you apart Um, you know it was it was emergency after four rounds Um, uh, the fifth therefore when he's just stomping forward hard round putting himself in harm's way but then the sixth round George he was really good It was Ryder's best round and I thought hold on a sec as Mangia like slowing down as he sort of struggling now with the pace because he's put so much into trying to get rid of him early on and obviously John with his experience is sort of held in there he's got a foothold um, but that wasn't the case. In the eighth round, shellacking looked like he was going to get stopped. Um, then the third knockdown came early in the th- in the ninth. Second one qu- came quickly after. Um, hard night at the office, really, George. Yeah, All round.
2: No, it really, it really was, wasn't it? It really, really was. You know, getting dropped, getting dropped early in the second round. Yeah, you know, it's the, not you what you needed. You know, it's a hard night then, isn't it? And mm. then after four, if your corner's telling you go and put a dent on him. Like, you want to be hearing that when you're just pinging the dude around, <laughs> isn't it? You know, in or, or autopilot. Or, or just, like a round left or two yeah. rounds left. You know, you're flying, nothing, you know, nothing's tough's coming your way. It's like, now, now go put a dent in him, yeah? Just, yeah. <laughs> but, um maybe more so than anything that we've learned a little bit more about mongia you know, just that it was, it was a, a good performance a really, really good performance for him. You know, not to be cruel about John, but, Great bit of matchmaking, isn't it? Do you know what I mean? Like, if you're thinking... He knew that though. John yeah. knew that. John knew that that's what he is
1: now. He was like, come and then see if you can do a better job than Canelo did. Yeah.
2: Yeah. And he did. Mm. And he did.
1: He did. He absolutely did. Um, and In doing so, George, puts himself in line for the Canelo stakes. Mm. We still don't know Canelo's going to box in May. Doesn't look like it's going to be Benavidez. It's weird. It's like, Is
2: he going to jump the Benavidez queue then? And uh, <sighs> Is everyone going to be happy about that? Is this good enough now, the Mangia win against Ryder to be made i, mean, I don't wait.
1: think he, i don't think him or benavides will fight canelo and may personally well, you maybe in, they'll fight, you, you maybe the they'll run fight each other uh no i couldn't make i couldn't make the way um although <laughs> after a few more half marathons will be all right yeah um you though on the other hand that could be that could be a fight you and canelo could canelo <laughs> canelo beat canelo benavides and munguia maybe they'll fight each other the fight i want to see if belanga beats macquarie is i want to see belanga against munguia because that would just be a fire fight because all Belanga does is go forward. Obviously, Munguia, heavy-handed and sort of pressure volume guy as well.
2: Yeah, I'm um, going gonna, gonna to watch the South American comms for that fight as well. Yeah. <laughs> just want to hear that. I'm gonna... Puerto
1: Rico. It's Puerto Rico against Mexico. Yeah. Um, so that would be, that would be mad. Um, but how do you think he would fare against Canelo? Say so he does get the Canelo fight now. That's obviously been the one that they've been looking for. I don't know if you remember this, George, but back in the day... And I believe it was when Canelo got done for Cem role and then the Golovkin fight fell fell through. Remember that? Yep. And then Golovkin needed the an opponent. I can't for life of me remember who who he ended up boxing, but they put forward Mangia, and the Nevada State Athletic Commission kiboshed it because they said it wouldn't be safe. They were like, Munguia not ready for a fight of this magnitude. Mm. And that, I mean, that was some time ago now, but it just goes to show how much he's improved and how much he's progressed. Um, and they backed him then to fight Golovkin. The commission didn't, but he's there now, finally, 27 years old. Um, obviously, ever improving. That For me, that was the best performance of his career, so getting better and better every time. Canelo, perhaps a little bit on the slide. They have a common opponent now in John Ryder. Munguia mm. did a did a number on him, stopped him in nine. What What do you think happens? Like, do you think, it's a total mismatch for do you think Canelo wins this easy? Could Munguia
2: get him at the right time? Could he beat him? You're always wondering I think I think Canelo's the better fighter, like had the better, obviously he had the better career and the bigger wins and everything else and you know, again he's still write him off at his peril because he was such a convincing win against Charlo when you're wondering, Oh, was well, Charlo has he seen something that we didn't? Do we know a bit more about? It? But Charlo just went into his box after a couple of rounds and went, now nah, I'll just see this out on points. Yeah. Um everyone in the Munguia team is pushing for that Canelo fight. Is he? Has he come out and said it? Was that his post-fight interview said, I want Canelo now? Because if he doesn't, then you're like, because there is that element of him, you know, that's what he's been um, attacked over is like, you're 42, 43 and 0 now. When are you going to make some moves? Make some moves. Make some moves. So, yeah. But he might, and he might be thinking, well, Canelo, I can get him now. Wow. 12 months time, give him two more fights, you know. Yeah. Let someone else take the risk. I don't know. You want you want you don't want to admit, if you think Canelo's there to be taken, you don't want someone else to get there before you. At the same time, if you think he's he's a year away from, you know, imploding, that might be when you want to get. Wait him. for
1: that. I think in the post-fight presser actually, Munguia said that he got cut in the fight against Ryder, I'm not sure where. It didn't look like a bad cut, but I believe he said that might rule him out of May himself personally. And then Oscar said September for that one. Obviously, Canelo fights the two times Mexico against Mexico, so it makes sense for it to be Cinco de Mayo or Mexican independence weekend. Um, so, who, I'm would, pretty who sure... would
2: win? Uh, Munguia or a Prime de la Hoya? De la Hoya. A Prime de la Hoya or a Prime Canelo?
1: What weight? Canelo beat him at super middleweight. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, that, That's the, Canelo's best years have come heavier and De was much lighter than that. But mm-hmm. it's, a good, it's a good question. Um, funny what you used to say about that fantasy, those fantasy fight, George, because we got a very cool one or two, actually. Why don't we have a break? Because now we can just draw a line under uh, Munguia against Raider and then we'll come back with some other stuff, including the Tony Sims gym rolls on into next week Um, so we're going to talk a little bit about that and a big London derby so have a break have a cup of tea and then come back
2: We're back, Deck. We are back, baby. Right, so leading on from fantasy boxing fights, right? We've had a question in from Dylan on Instagram, which is, of course, at GG Boxing Club, right? So Mm the first one goes, and I'm going to ask you, who wins? (laughs) Baturviev (laughs) v.
1: Groves. Oh... I think you knock him out, mate. Yes. I think you get him early. Strong. Yeah. <laughs> I think I think you come out, you 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 control the jab exchange, you hit him with two right hands. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this time you don't get up in time. Um Ah oh, fuck me, that's a hard fight, isn't it? But also hard you never fight. box it you never box it like heavy. Um, um
2: yeah, didn't need to completed it, mate. I um Yeah, true. No, I um, uh phew, yeah. I mean you're looking at him, you're watching, you're just like right, couple of things uh with Batobiev never touch the ropes, right? <laughs> <Never> t- <laughs> yeah. T- yeah, yeah, like you don't want your corner telling you to drive him back, but at the same time, <laughs> never touch the ropes, yeah? Never let him throw more than two punches, like in a combination. You have to nullify it somehow. Uh, you have to, yeah, you have to break break his rhythm. You've got to jab his jabby's, jabby's nose in, jab his head and body, head and chest. The thing is, you would hit him he does get hit, doesn't he? And he's been over. It's the lava. He's been over, but yeah, yeah. No, yeah I mean, the could lava's going to get hit. I could keep lava off with the jab. <laughs> yeah, so I could
1: definitely keep Terveyev off with a jab. Yeah, I'm just imagining you like sort of backpedaling down a hill as lava just slowly rolls towards you and just jabbing it and moving. But at the end, you're going to like find your back foots in the sea at the bottom of the hill, and then you just get swarmed by mm. it. Um, the second part of Dylan's question was. Paterbiev versus Froch, who wins? It's
2: Baturbiev, isn't innit? Do you know what I mean so? <laughs> <laughs> Another man who um,
1: who's never boxed at light heavy though, so it's a hard one. Yeah, that's what um, I mean. He's
2: not. He's not. He's not. He's only a, a stick, stick, stick fin innit? <laughs> well, the twiggy. thing is with Froch, he was almost like he was like perfect
1: super middleweight size, wasn't he? That was his. That was his thing. It's like he was. He was made for super middle. It didn't. You know, he obviously had to cut and stuff, but he was. That was his weight, and uh,
2: I can't see him <laughs> keeping Paterbiev off and.
1: He would just have a war He's with him. He's got to have and, a
2: war with him. If Frotjol back his power, he'll be like, nah, I'd knock that dude out and get rid of him. <laughs> Who knows?
1: <laughs> it would be entertaining. Both of those fights would be entertaining. Yeah, to be fair. yeah, yeah. Um, Who
2: wins? Peterviev uh, or Andre Ward? That's not from Dylan. Yeah, That's from Ward, me.
1: No, because obviously Ward beat Kovalev twice contr- controversially. Mm. First one, very close on point. Second one, the low blow gate. Um that's an interesting fight I'd pick I'd pick the lava to get him but then Ward's such a good nullifier isn't he that he just
2: yeah he didn't he, he wasn't the same force at light heavyweight was he and then and no. that's why he, he felt like he stopped early you know mm. Kovalev even Barrera was it um, that fight Sullivan yeah. Barrera you know it was tough for him
1: Mm. Yeah. Dylan also said um, at the end after those two questions thanks for your questions Dylan on Instagram also didn't expect Kano on the pod great episode great podcast um, we didn't really expect it to happen obviously bumped into him at the premiere and he said he was a listener but Kano isn't he he's fucking busy and I thought when I spoke to him I was like I'll come in like when you've got nothing to going on then that'd be great. In the end, he came in one of the busiest periods of of the year for him when they're promo in the film, the kitchen. Um, but shout out his manager Rich, who really got us in. Um, so thanks again. Um, and yeah, Dylan, we didn't expect it either.
2: If there's any, um, if there's any superstars out there you, you're promoting, <laughs> you know, a new album, a new tour, a new film, anything, you got to come on the show because it's night and day in terms of the recognition and just the ears you land on. You know, just yeah.
1: Oh. some people didn't even know Kano was a rapper until we got him on the pod so we're, you know, we're spreading the message but there were, we didn't even know Kano was a listener so there's probably other A-listers out there listening every week sat in their hoodie and snapback. Mm. we don't even know about them Get so if touch. that's you please let us know Get in um, touch. one man who got in touch who is an A-lister in my books is Gareth Bruce Gareth Bruce? Don't don't think he's Australian. Anyway, he said hi, guys. Loving the pod. He said pod in capital P O D. It would be brilliant if you could do an episode on the art of trash talking. Be good to understand the psychology behind it. It's an art form when done well. Definitely think it could make an entertaining episode. Keep up the great work. Good idea, George. Who
2: I thought he was going to trash talk us a bit there, Gareth. You're a pair of wankers. Um,
1: (laughs) Who who would you think who would do the best? Who would be the guest? Who would provide us with the best trash talking episode? Because that's often what we do, and we get a topic and we're like, who would be the dream guest for that subject and then we try and make it happen? Who's the best trash talking episode we could have?
2: Tyson Fury's pretty good. Yeah, but we want to waste you we want to get him on everything else. Uh, trash talking could be top of the list, really. I mean David Hay had no filter. Oh, yeah, but, you be know, um, as, one, <laughs> oh as, as one-sided as beep <laughs> beep 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 beep. Yeah, yeah he,
1: got, he had to pay a few quid for the sort of shit that he was saying every week.
2: Yeah, but who else have we had just lately? I mean,
1: oh, I tell you what, it was good as Adrian Broner, Paulie Malinagi. They had; they're both of them were good shit talkers. Pair of them. Um,
2: yeah, we could get the girlfriends, whoever
1: that was, <sighs> to come on. Oh, I tell you, it was a really good. I think it was Paulie who was suggesting. It was it was Broner's girlfriend or something like that anyway, if you don't know what we're talking about, just put Malanazi Broner into YouTube. It's probably more more most hits than any of their other stuff, including the fight um Prince Patel would be a good one for trash talking. he's a fucking trash talk aholic
2: yeah, I'm sure um, he came out of my amateur gym Prince Patel did he yeah, I think he was at Dale for a bit.
1: he was called Lukman Mum Patel back then, boxed Charlie Edwards a couple of times. Um, but yeah Gareth Bruce okay let's we'll put that on the list obviously the dream the dream factory makes it happen uh, Any anyone else got any questions or any um, any ideas or topics you might want us to cover send them in mm-hmm. anyway should we have a look ahead to this weekend because it's a big one is it after months you know this was supposed to happen in October and finally weeks or 15 weeks on or something Joshua Boatsy an elite club member Dan Azizi as one, two, three yes. are going at it. Wembley arena. Uh, I think it's a final eliminator for something. It's uh, for the Dan Azizi's British and Commonwealth titles, but more than any of that, it's a domestic barn burner between two London rivals who sort of old mates who now know they have to go for each other if they want to go to the sort of top of the tree. Mm. Great fight, George. How are you excited about it? I
2: am, I am. I'm working at night. I'm working for the broadcast. Ooh, me too. Um, all right, show Sky. off. Sky, yeah. You'll see me on the tellies. Yeah. Um, well, you might do. I don't know. They Sometimes they hide me back at comms, you know. just keep. You, <laughs> might, you might, you should at least hear me. Yeah, do you not me. know yet?
1: Do you not know which what slot you, like, what you're going to be doing yet on the night? Nah,
2: I mean, you that's get cool. there, you write the theme tune, sing the theme tune, you know, all hands on deck. Uh, yeah. Sometimes I get subbed for a more attractive, you know, that's what I assume guess Kano okay, yeah some prettier on the pictures yeah so but this is a really good fight deck yeah, it's been it's yeah, been a while a yeah so I was I was I remember <laughs> when the news broke that Aziz had hurt his back me and ECM Craig Richards are sitting in at Sky, <laughs> of all places, <laughs> and I'm allowed to know, but he's not. I felt so so bad. I was
1: like, it's <laughs> just Richards wasn't yeah, to Richards, know. Yeah, Richards,
2: because Richards was a light heavyweight. I think they were worried he might, you know, snitch, <laughs> try and get the fight, snitch either. Yeah, step in or just put them, put, you know, speak to you know, obviously with a rival promo, promotional oh, I group. See. Yeah, yeah. Whereas me, you know, I'm sort of, I got I got no friends when I want to tell ever. will just break it on the pod, but um. Uh, that feels like a long time ago now as well. So we're finally mm. here. A 37-0 and 0 combined record. Um, it must be Buatzi's been a pro longer, but only had yeah, yeah. but had lesser fights, a couple of injuries, even though it's been as easily pulled out and delayed, postponed for this, this scheduled fight. But um, it's a really good fight deck. You know, obviously, you know my mm. rules. If I'm working, I'm not picking a winner. But this is um, two, two different styles. You know, we yeah. had Super Aziz broke it to us. The reason he, his name is Super is because he's got the lead uppercut like Super Mario, which he yeah. does. He punches out of that sort of short, short and stocky stance. Buatsi maybe a, a touch bigger. Natural athlete, very strong. Both got good engines. Both got power by looks of it. So um, it's a, it's a good one. This one might be one on the in, you know on the boxer rostrum a standout show for them for for this year
1: the context here is what makes it really intriguing because Bruazzi obviously went to the Olympics in what Rio 2016 and everything was expected I think he got bronze there you know everyone was expecting him to be a superstar one of the name one of the faces and he just kind of wasn't or at least it hasn't quite gone the way that everyone thought whereas Dan Aziz has gone the other way no Olympic pedigree plotted his path through the pros southern area English British, you know, beat Jose Burton for the British. Then it's like, oh, go go to France, have a crack at the European, wins that as well, comes back, and so they're sort of. There was a time when the idea of these two ever fighting was million miles off. And in fact, I, I interviewed Dan Aziz, went down to the gym to see him. It's in the boxing news this week. Go and buy it if you if you um, have, if you're not a subscriber, um, or you can read it online of course. Um, and Dan Aziz basically said when he was doing comms for Sky and Buatzi just signed for Sky, he said oh, he said something like, oh, the British title. I won that three years ago, as in Buatzi, sort of mugging Aziz off a little bit. And now, lo and behold, all these years later, Buatzi's back boxing for the British. Mm. It says a lot about his options, about what, what's happened to his career. But the fact is, Aziz has done so well that he's got himself in a pos- position where he's right up there in the domestic sort of running at light heavyweight that this is a more than credible fight. Of course, he's already beaten Craig Richards. Um, if he gets through this one, then he's sort of in line. We know the problem at light heavyweight is the belts are with the two Russians, with Bivon with Pterbiev, who are going to fight each other now. we hear here in June the 1st. So it's just, now it's just positioning. It's all about positioning, making sure you're ready for when, if one gets relinquished, if you get a shot at one of them, or the winner of that, or the loser of that, you want to be right up there. You, If you lose, it's snakes and ladders, isn't it? You're right, you miles back because yeah. there's so many of them. There's Yard, there's Smith, there's, you know, all Craig Richards back again. That's just Britain. Um, so the stakes couldn't be higher for this. And there's a bit of needle as well because they are old mates. Londoners, sparred a lot, known each other a lot. But they're sort of, Boo actually said a few things when, when Aziz got injured, basically suggesting that maybe he was blagging it or it wasn't true and it was something that Boxer and him had cooked up to mask sort of poor ticket sales and all this sort of stuff. Um, but now the sort of talking is over. I mean, at the time of recording, they're both fit. <laughs> now, we, we know this happened last time and then it fell out of bed on what, the Monday or Tuesday or whatever. Yep. And then Isaac Chamberlain boxed Mikhail Lowell at the top of the bill at York Hall. But touch wood, literally, that they do make it there. Dan Aziz, a couple of cool things, George, to try and just to make sure he doesn't get injured again. He thought, he said, when the back injury was so bad, he was like, is this me done? He was like, I'm 34. Maybe that's just my story is I get to this point and then I get injured and never box again. But he's been doing a type of Angolan dancing. He pays 15 quid a session. It's called Kazumba. And it's like really sexy and sensual. And it like involves a lot of hip gyrating just to loosen up his back and to keep his back fluid. And he's been doing sport stuff work with a sports psychologist again in injury prevention stuff lying down and just talk thinking about shit in the hope that it helps him stay fit so he's like no stone unturned Dan Aziz. yeah um he can't afford he just can not they just doesn't want to get injured again and lose this fight again to be fair if one of them gets injured now they probably would not make it a third time
2: no they wouldn't especially with the the, the options at, at like heavyweight so maybe someone yeah, else could someone just could move jump on. in yeah um but that's that's I mean I I can't let that go without thinking of something you know he's so what's the, so he's he's not doing zumba he's doing <laughs> kizom
1: kizomba K I Z O M B A it's not zumba it's kizomba it's like the level up and he says um and it's and it's a it's, bit yeah, saucy
2: yeah do you do it with like, do you partner it's pro- up if-
1: yeah 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 it's proper saucy so (laughs) there was a little video on his on his insta that uh yeah kizomba it's angolan it originated in 1984 it means party um and yeah you go and he said there's like a kizomba community he says he goes like thursdays and sundays or something you pay 15 quid on an app he said he's like getting in the community now but they haven't invited him they haven't put him in the whatsapp group yet so he's still not but he said sometimes he takes his mates, so he's not the worst in the room. All oh, right. But you imagine Dan as he, yeah, it's
2: pretty, it's pretty raunchy. Is there any tournaments for that coming up? You know. Cause, uh, <laughs> I'm just wondering why they haven't put him in a. Finally eliminated. They haven't put him in a WhatsApp group because like he's got a history of pulling out last minute and they don't want him to <laughs> pull out of the Kazumba. Yeah, he's title. contracted with Bo- with
1: boxer those. well. boxer won't let him compete for Kazumba. Yeah, Kazumba Fight League. That um, sounds
2: like that sounds like Frotch. He pulled out of a dance competition with Bad Bank.
1: Yeah, well, because uh, Danzy's mentioned Frotch and obviously Mayweather both did dancing, but Evander Holyfield did dancer training. Lomachenko did ballet. Um, I think Holyfield did ballet as well. It's not. Unusual in boxing no. gets you light on your feet, gets his back wiggling around. So if you mention that, drop that one on comms, George. Um, give give all the GGBC listeners a, a little Easter egg. They've been like, yeah, I've heard was doing kazumba.
2: Yeah, um, I'll, I'll keep an eye out for it. Obviously, if yeah. he Kazumba's his way into range, and it's a big right angle. <laughs> i <laughs> oh, but a sport. Uh, he's got a sports psychologist to talk to his back. That's good. Like <laughs> He said, apparently he
1: said he thought he thought it was like hocus pocus, but he said he's got to that stage in his career where he'll take 1% extra. And if, if it gets to it and he doesn't get 1% out of it, he's like, well, nothing venture, nothing gain. But yeah, he's been doing session, did one on Zoom. And then it was a guy that trains at his gym. And he was like, look, a lot of these injuries and stuff, sometimes they're, They're mental as much as anything else. And I remember Damien Duff when he was at Chelsea, Jose Mourinho, and he was injured all the time. Jose Mourinho basically saying, it's in your head, mate. And then before you know it, Damien Duff's fit every week, flying, scoring goals, setting them up. Um, Dan Aziz thinks it could be in his head, or at least he's willing to try and explore that. Um, What it's meant, he says, is he's fully fit. And he's flying, and he's ready to kazumba his way past Joshua Boatse. And he's a big underdog. He's like three to one, some some even longer. So a proper underdog in a in a main event fight. But wouldn't put it past him. And he, he like you say, the Super Mario uppercut. Chris and Smith told us about that. that he, look out for it when you, when he's boxing. He slips inside the jab, and he brings like a screw jab, sort of left hand up through the middle. Yep. But then he'll do that and faint. He'll faint it and bring the right hand over the top instead. So that's his little move. And then, you know, if you're expecting that screw shot, you might leave yourself open for the right hand over the top. Who knows? Buatsi's not been not been as sc- scintillating as we thought, and maybe has just been climbing so so fast and hard that he might just might just get there. I know you're not going to
2: make a prediction. Who who are you um, backing, Deck?
1: I would say it's a draw draw waiting to happen now I mean honestly it's one of those where if they're both at their best and they're both fully fit on paper you kind of have to pick Joshua Buatzi in this fight you have to yeah but Dan Aziz has just achieved so much and come so far it's hard to write it's hard to back it like write him off you write him off at your peril because he just keeps coming um, but the reality is he don't doesn't have the pedigree of Buatsi. if Buatzi's on it and sometimes he's not on it and if it's easy is half injured or it back goes obviously he's going to lose the fight so there's a lot of intangibles and that's what makes it a very very intriguing matchup um, and I'm just glad you're on the uh, you're on the comms so you can talk talk the nation through yeah.
2: it go in, yeah are you going yeah I'll be working yeah Work.
1: I'll be working Work. for, the, for the boxing news of course doing my uh, doing my report and whatnot. not um, so yeah it would be the GGBC access at ringside now of course
2: who else is boxing this weekend coming up deck
1: well, as we mentioned in the first one, st- in, sorry, as we mentioned in the first half, mm. John Ryder against Jaime Mangia was just the first fight of a little run for the Sims gym. So he had that one in Phoenix. Now they're going to go to Las Vegas, Nevada, where Conor Ben boxes the undefeated Peter Dobson at the Chelsea Ballroom in the Cosmopolitan Hotel. Also on that undercard is ECM Johnny Fisher for his US debut. Bash, uh, and then the week, two weeks after that, he's got Joe Cordina against Anthony Kakachi So, the second fight of, of the Tony of the Tony Sims run is upon <clears throat> us. Conor Ben twenty two and zero. Of course, we all thought that he was going to be boxing Chris Eubank Junior. And then there was talk of Devin Haney. Then there was all all these other big names at Tottenham, and he's ended up in a very small arena in Vegas against Peter Dobson, which is not the fight he wanted. Probably not the fight Eddie Hearn wanted. But at least he's fighting, George, if you're in the Conor Ben business. At least he's back and he's boxing and he's not just talking about drugs bans and whatnot.
2: Yeah, he's back, he's boxing. There's nothing to learn about Ben here unless it... Not If really. it goes wrong, then we learn that, all oh, maybe his head's not right or something's not right. But obviously, if he blows Dobson away, then we're like, well, we didn't learn nothing. Um, do you think he'll ever get a... Fight in the UK. Do you think you'll ever fight in the UK again? You
1: know, obviously, there's still the, the the appeal with the from the board and the National Anti-Doping Agency. No, sorry, National Anti-Doping Panel, which is still up in the air, and the board are just unrelenting there. I I, I don't know. I, my feeling was that in the end, it would become legally so untenable for the board to basically resist it, because there has still been no evidence of wrongdoing via UCAD. Even though there were the two failed tests, the UCAB ones were passed and all that sort of stuff. I thought, from a legal point of view, in the end, it would just be like, you can't, you actually can't legally ban this guy or you can't license, you can't refuse to license him because there's no reason to. So I think it will be resolved eventually. But the problem is, it's just taking so long, he can't just sit around. Um, My feeling is this whole thing is going to galvanize him and he's going to turn into a wrecking ball in a fight like this um, because he's just going to be so pissed off. Um, and obviously been training away like his life depends on it because it does. He can't afford to slip up here. He, he admitted, I spoke to him a few weeks back before he went to LA. Um, And he said, this is not the fight he wanted. This wasn't it. He doesn't want to fight Harlem Eubank either. This is not, he wanted Eubank, Chris Eubank at Tottenham. He wants big fights. He wants to come back to the UK. This is not what he wanted, but he has to do a job. Um I think he will he should do if he doesn't that's bad that's real bad for him like because he's an overwhelming favourite in this fight he's got plans to be mixing it with the elite of the division at welterweight Peter Dobson is not that he's 16 and 0 tidy little fighter but he's nowhere near the, the level that Conor Ben is aspiring to so he should see him off but it's just the next step in the in the Conor Ben story um, I don't know about you George but I find the whole thing really boring now I know we shouldn't really admit that as a journalist but like the whole drugs thing is going on so long and there's no movement on it. It's always... I've, I don't know how many times I've spoken to Eddie Hearn, I've spoken to Conor Ben, spoken to everyone around, even Robert Smith. They can't... They're all bound by confidentiality. You can't really get anything new and you're just like fucking hell. Like what... Where, where do we go from here? Um, but you know, he's a man who's still fighting for his family, still needs to earn money, wants to earn money. Um... And by doing doing it in Vegas, he can. There's no you know, there's no restrictions on him, so um, off he goes. And I think he does a number on Dobson. Yeah, what do you reckon?
2: Well, the big the biggest money fight out there for Ben is obviously Eubank, uh, Chris Eubank Junior. You know that's got to be in the UK to 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 make the money that both of them will be demanding. Um, but if this saga goes on forever. Even if they get that fight done. Is that what Ben's going to be remembered for? Like, just for that one fight. Mm. He talks He talks an incredible sort of story in terms of the way he backs himself and the people around him say the same. But would you put him in there with any of the the top, top, top weights, even like middleweights in the world, and back him against no. him, Would you? And then therefore... Not after this Exactly. Layoff and awkward. he's not going to get the, the money. I mean, he's, he's never proved anything otherwise. He's never proved that he's there, apart from some clips on the pads. Mm. We need to see him in action. But at the same time I get it like I can get why he's failed he's failed a drugs test there's still a lot of amb- ambiguity about it and if people are not happy with the resolve of it like as in we haven't got to the bottom of it then until that's done it's got to be some some sort of stalemate I feel like I get what you're saying when you're bored of it but then there needs to be a
1: resolution I'm not I'm not saying can we can we just forget about it I'm just saying the whole thing's fucking yeah, tedious yeah, yeah, isn't yeah. it yeah. Because we're not. There's no movement on it. It's this. It's 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 a stalemate at the moment. Um, and if you know if he's if he's guilty, like he, the thing is, he says he's not. He says he's he's innocent and he's there's he's guilty of any wrongdoing. Blah blah blah. Um, and if that is the case, then his career has been torpedoed by this. But he has failed to to test and people say, well, then he should be held to account, etc. etc. And there's no. It's a stalemate. There's no movement on that position. Um, anyway, he's back. Uh, in Vegas Viva Las Vegas
2: right Dex so is that us done for today or is there anything else should we tell them who's coming on on Wednesday George people ask we deliver the Dream Factory delivers again it does I mean I would just cut it there Uh, and just just leave it on that and wait make you wait to Wednesday but I'm not going to give you a little little spoiler Mm mm-hmm uh and yeah, iron it out for yeah, us. Yeah, one to get your adrenaline guy in this one, Deck. All right?
1: <laughs> we do. you leave me in stitches.
2: <laughs> oh, ribbons.
1: You can't just say ribbons. That's not a bone. <laughs> uh,
2: anyway, who we got, George? Bloody hell, Deck. Right, who we got? we got? We got none other than the brilliant Cutsman, Mick Williamson. The Cutsman. Yes. Uh, a Hall of Famer Cutsman. Uh, he was... Oh, well an integral part of my career my on fight night he did almost every one of my fights cutsman Mick the rub Mick the cut he was there and he's on to tell us what it's like to be a cutsman and I gotta be honest Ek, I'm worried he's gonna keep all the secrets to himself he ain't gonna <laughs> to
1: want to give up all his gold um,
2: <laughs> but let's try and
1: tease something out of him um yeah hopefully he doesn't stay sewn up for the whole
0: episode oh no <laughs>